and welcome to the 429th episode of Travelitz Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and this is the 10th season of Travelitz Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And our honored guest tonight is Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of TravelingMom.com. Welcome, Cindy, to Travel Itch Radio. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And we are glad to have you. You know, in my 52 years as a travel journalist, I've seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears that one of the hardest things to do is to be a mom traveling with kids, or I should say a parent traveling with kids. Obviously, you (laughs) feel the same way. So please tell our listeners what TravelingMom.com is and how and when it got started. Well, TravelingMom.com is is actually – I've been around for 13 or 14 years now, and we're a leading family travel website. It was founded by my partner, Kim Orlando, my business partner, who, who founded it to help moms travel better because uh, you're right, it can be a challenge. But, you know, our saying a traveling mom is it's never going to be perfect, but go anyway because you'll be glad you did. <laughs> is Kim still involved in the organization? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. She's the founder and the publisher, and and she still runs the company. Cindy, what is your job as editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com? Do you have a regular publishing schedule, and where do you get your articles? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I run the editorial side. Kim runs the business side, uh, advertising and, you know, working with, sponsors and things like that. I run the content side. So I we have a, a group of 45 writers, moms and dads, and grandparents who travel with their families, with kids, and then they write about it for us. We have, um, you know, we have a um, an assignment schedule where we talk about the stories that we want, obviously things that are timely. Right, right now we're publishing a lot of fall content about, you know, places to go to see fall colors. I'm, in fact, right before I got on the call here, I was editing a story about haunted hotels, which is not anything I would ever do, (laughs) but there are people who think that that's fun. (laughs) What percentage of your reading audience is now? Well, you know, it always has surprised me. Um, always at least a quarter of our readers are men, and oftentimes it's as many as a third. So about four or five years ago, we actually started a second site called Traveling Dad, and we ah. pulled together, um, we got an editor for that, Paul Eisenberg, who's this terrific travel writer in New York City, um, and he he gathered about, uh, I think it's, we had as many as 20 dads who wrote for that site. Um, just before the pandemic, we folded it into Traveling Moms. So there's actually a section on the site now that's Traveling Dad. And, you know, and what I love about it is 
dads do it differently. As I'm sure Dan knows, you know, moms are like the planners and they're worrying about all the details and getting everything perfect and right and rounding everybody up. And the dads are like, hey, let's go have some fun. So the the traveling dad, I, I mean, that that's a, obviously an overgeneralization. There's some dads who do a lot of planning too, but but the the it's it's more about the tone of the dad content. You know, like one of my favorite stories on the traveling dad site is why you don't need a crib if you're traveling with a baby. You know, dads <laughs> would rather just like throw a diaper in the backpack and let's go. How much travel do you do yourself, Cindy, and do you always travel as a family? Well, I travel as much as I can, just like you guys do, I imagine. And um, I, over the years, so I've been in the travel biz for 20 years. I started doing family travel when my kids were little. I was editing a magazine in Chicago that uh, was a family magazine and we had a travel section. So I was like, I can write those stories. So I started traveling with my kids when they were little, like preschool age. So 20 years later, they're now out of college and um, they still do travel with me when their work and lives allow, which doesn't happen as much as it did when they were preschoolers for sure. Um, but I still go and I am still, you know, writing stories about how things work for families. That's really what we're about at Traveling Mom. You should be able to read the site and really get a sense what works for families, what doesn't work for families, and what do you want to know before you go. Mm. We're talking with Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of TravelingMom.com. Now, we realize that being a traveling mom sometimes means traveling with a dad and perhaps a grandparent or two. Does TravelingMom.com offer advice on how each of those people can contribute to the success of a trip? Absolutely. In addition to the traveling dad section that is on Traveling Mom, we also have a traveling grandparent section. Really? And the editor for that, yes, the editor for that is it, we've just started that recently, two years ago about, um, the editor for that is uh, um, uh, Terry Marshall, a longtime travel writer who also happens to live in New York City, which is not why she's our editor, but um, she's <laughs> terrific. And we have, I think we have about a half dozen writers now that, that are grandparents, granddads and grandmoms who travel with their grandkids and write about it for us. Um, so we have stories, everything from you know, how to prepare your house when the baby is coming to visit for the first time, you know, all those things that you haven't thought about since you had little kids, like buy the plug, you know, the plug thing so that they don't stick a knife in the plug, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and how to, uh, you know, fix the corners of the, the table, the coffee table, so nobody falls and gets a black eye. Um, nice. So we have things like that. And then we have stories about, um skip gen travel, which is, you know, when you just take the grandkids and you give the, the kids who are the parents, you give them a little break and you take the grandkids. And so what are the things you have to think about if you're going to do that? And, you know, mm -hmm. multi-gen trips, are it's the biggest trend in family travel, is especially after the pandemic, is for everybody to go together. Um, that's how my, my family travels a lot. Um, we ended up all, many of us moved um, we used to live very close together, and now we sort of have spread out. Couple went. I, I'm from Chicago. Couple went to Wisconsin. Um, couple went to Indiana. You know, we got some in Michigan. 
So, you know, rent a big house, bring everybody together. It's great fun, but there are also issues you have to think about, like who pays, what if one family can afford the luxe version and the other family can't, how do you make it work for everybody? So we've got a lot of advice about things like that on TravelingMom.com as well. And can readers of Traveling Mom get discounted tickets to Disney, cruises, or anything else? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, it's not what we're about at Traveling Mom, but we do. That's that's the um, stuff that Kim deals with. We do negotiate deals, so we have uh, quite a lot of Disney content, and uh, we have a partner at Disney or a partner that sells discount Disney tickets. Um, actually, one of my favorite Disney things that we have on there is um, about Disney Vacation Club points, which is a big thing with Disney insiders. And it's it's the sort of timeshare about Disney, right? You you buy into this Vacation Club, but if people can't use it, they they make those points available to rent them. And it's really the best way to get a real luxe Disney vacation at a price that, you know, a price point that's much more affordable by renting somebody else's DVC points. And we've got a whole story on Traveling Mom that walks you through how to do that. You know, Cindy, I always feel sorry for parents with young children who may be cranky because they need food, rest, toys, or attention. Do you give advice that could help quiet those kids so that other passengers are not disturbed, especially on airplanes? You know, it's funny. One of my absolute favorite stories, one of my writers um, told this story when her kids were little. She had four kids. And she said when she got on a plane, the first thing she did was everybody who was sort of in her vicinity, so like sitting next to her in the row ahead or the row behind, she gave them all money to buy a drink. On her, because she said, my kids are here, I want you to to be happy. And it was always enough to just, you know, make people smile. And and they they were pretty then accommodating for her kids. You know, as a fellow mom, and I, I just think that other parents really should, people who have ever been a parent, should jump in and help those people. I, you know, I know I've been the person on the plane that was getting the stink eye look from other passengers. Mm. Um, it's not fun. And, you know, it's not like you said, oh, I hope when I get on the plane today my kid will have a tantrum because that would be really fun for everybody. Mm. Um, mm. But it happens, right? I mean, travel stressful. There's adults that get on planes and want to have a tantrum these days. So um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's, you want to do things like pay it, if you can travel at a time when you think your kids are most likely to nap. If they're really little and they're still napping, that always helps. Um, ha- uh, snacks, snacks are super important. They're not going to give them to you on the planes. So you've got to bring them with you. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's the time when you don't want to be stingy with the electronics. So download their favorite shows to the iPad, plug them in, and let them watch. Mm. Now, speaking of planes, it seems most airlines board parents with young children first, presumably so they can have access to overhead bins before they fill up. Now, is it a good idea for them to book bulkhead seats, or would they be better off sitting all the way in the back near the restrooms? What do you think? You know, it depends on the kid. 
It depends on the mm. family. Um, we mm. actually have a story on Traveling Mom um, that analyzes airplane seats and which are the best for kids with autism. Because kids oh. who have sensory issues, sometimes, you know, there could be kids that, like, can't be crowded, so you don't want to put them in the window seat. They need to be on the aisle, but then there's kids who can't be touched, so you don't want them on the aisle seat because people walking by could brush their shoulder. Um, you know, it depends on your kid. Some people are better off in the back where it tends to be darker and quieter, and, you know, they can put their kids up against the window and help them go to sleep. But I think in, uh, particularly on long-range flights, um, you know, uh, international flights overseas, the bulkhead's the place to be because it's really the only place where a kid can get up and stand um, mm. without walking up and down the aisles, and kids have to move. Mm. We're talking with Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com. Cindy, Southwest <clears throat> Airlines doesn't assign seats letting passengers choose as they board. Do you like that system for traveling parents? Well, um, I was never a big Southwest flyer when my kids were little, so I didn't really experience that myself. I, I've flown um, Southwest more uh, as an uh, adult without kids, but I will tell you that my riders who have little kids love Southwest Airlines and flying with their kids. And it's because, uh, you know, they, the way they board, they have the A and the B and the C groups, and they let families with little kids board between the A and the B groups, so they still have a shot at getting seats together. Um, and, you know, I've been on a lot of airlines. One of my favorite um, flight attendant stories was I was, you know, we were all sitting down, and uh, it was not a Southwest flight. It was uh, It was a legacy carrier, I think it was American, and the mom and a six-year-old had been separated. The only seat that was available was a middle seat in front of me, and there were two men, one in the aisle, one on the window, and they, and I could hear them talking about, you know, they were so, so happy that they were going to have this extra seat. They were the only seat on the plane that was going to be open, and they were so excited, and then the flight attendant came up and said, hey, we've got this mom and kid. Would you, in the aisle seat, would you change with the mom? And then I'll put the mom and kid up here. And he said, no. And <gasps> she said, okay, then I'm going to bring the six-year-old and put him in the middle between you. You should have seen how fast that guy no. got up out of that seat and <laughs> ran to the back of the plane. <laughs> oh, my God. What a face. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love that flight If you were attendant. running an airline. Said, you go. If you're running an airline, what would you suggest to improve the flying experience for parents traveling with children? Well, I'll tell you, you know, a few years ago they got into the whole you had to buy your seats if you wanted to have seats together. And, you know, they, they just made it unnecessarily hard for families that were flying with children. I mean, the reality is that the way most families travel is by car. Road trips are the way that families travel for lots of reasons, including, you know, if you've got three or four kids, that's a lot of plane tickets to buy, right? And uh, you don't have, you know, you don't have control over your space. You can't stop when the kids get tired or, you know, they need to run around. So, but families that have to fly are flying for a reason. So why would you make it harder for them? I think, you know, the, the programs that they're putting in place, like Southwest, where, you, you know, families can board earlier, 
give them a chance, let the kids get settled. You know, it's not so much about overhead space because oftentimes I find that families don't do carry-on bags. They they part they pack one big bag and check it and just pay one mm. um, checked bag fee so that they just because you know you got a lot of stuff you got to carry around with kids. If you've got a little one, you've probably even got a stroller and a car seat that you're taking mm. on the plane. You don't have you know you don't have a third hand to manage a kid, a car seat, and a rollerboard bag. But to get kids on and settled, it takes longer with kids, right? You never want to get in the TSA line behind the family with little kids. It's going to take longer to get through TSA. So you you get them in, you get them settled on the plane first, and then everybody else can get on and do their thing. It's the same as, you know, if if you had um, anybody who needs assistance, Uh, you know, an older person who has a walker, they put them on the plane first so that they can get settled and they're not holding up the line. Mm. We should mention the issue of breastfeeding. What's the best and most discreet way for nursing moms to handle that on long flights? Um, you know, the same way that they would handle it in any other public place. You know, when you're at the children's museum with the preschooler and you've got to nurse the baby, you get, you know, one of the cloths and you put it over and, I mean, honestly, there. I had a um, a friend who was so good at it that she mm-hmm. was actually sitting on a couch next to another friend of ours, and he didn't even realize that she was breastfeeding the baby. And all of a sudden, he figured it out. He's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so, <laughs> moms know how to do it. You know, they if you're if you're a breastfeeding mom, you figured it out. Hmm. And we'd love to know your favorite and least favorite airline, Cindy, and why. Um, you know, I hmm, it's so tough. Um, I think, honestly, I think they're all about the same. I mean, you know, I haven't flown the the real Lux airlines like um, Emirates, the ones that that really you know, mm. sell that, that they're a luxury experience. I mostly have flown the, the big domestic carriers, even when I've flown to Europe, because I usually do it with miles on United or American. Um, I have become a bigger fan of Southwest. I, I you know, I even fly the, the super cheapo airlines where my dad lives in Florida. Um, Punta Gorda is the neighborhood airline and he doesn't like to drive to Tampa where I could, you know, get on a big carrier. So I end up flying out of Punta Gorda, which means I usually fly Allegiant when I, you know, fly down to visit him. And you know what? I think they're all truly about the same. It's all about, I mean, I mean, I think Allegiant treats people a little worse and, you know, they want you to pay for everything than the, the legacy carriers like United and American um the the reality is flying is mass transit these days right i i did a mm. a column i don't know two years ago when I, I i wrote it for the chicago sun times which i i actually said per mile it's cheaper to fly than it is to ride the outlet in chicago which costs 225 a, a ride so if you're paying mass transit prices how much luxury can you really expect Mhm. Mhm. I get it. Well, how about your favorite and least favorite hotel or hotel chain? Uh, which ones those are most attentive to traveling parents? Well, I think the hotel chains that are most attractive 
to or attentive to traveling parents are the ones that have kitchenettes and suites. So, I mean, they tend to be, and they are nicely, they tend to also be at a lower price point, like um, Homewood Suites, uh, the Residence Inn by Marriott. Those are all great for families, you know, whether you're traveling with a little one or even more important if you're traveling with tweens and teens, to have a little extra space to, to spread out, to have that extra room with another TV is really mm-hmm. important to teenagers, um, you know, especially when you get to the point where the teenagers are staying up till one or two in the morning and you're like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed at 11. <laughs> you know, you put the kids in the other room, it makes a big difference. To everybody, because yeah. the teens the teens don't want to go to bed at eleven, and so then they're just they're not happy either. So <laughs> we're talking with Cindy Richards, editor in chief of TravelingMom dot com. Cindy, you and I are both headed to Las Vegas for the IPW convention starting September eighteenth, and have already booked hotel space. But if I were just planning a trip and wanted to know whether any Las Vegas hotels were kid friendly. Could TravelingMom.com help? As a matter of fact, we could. We actually have um, – it's always surprising to me that people think of Las Vegas as a place to take their kids, but they do. Uh, and consistently, one of our most popular stories is actually entitled, Should You Take Your Kids to Las Vegas? And it's a story that looks into – you know, that, that discusses the pros and cons of taking your kid to Vegas and then has a list of things to do that are kid-friendly in Vegas, and it's a surprisingly long list. Um, and we also have a story um, of a, a roundup of hotels in Vegas that cater to families that have, you know, a great pool or a bigger room or um, other kinds of family-friendly features that you, that, that you might want. Um, we also have a story about free things to do in Las Vegas, which is, uh, you know, we have a whole section on the site about free things to do in the U.S., um, consistently one of our most popular sections, not surprisingly, because families are always, you know, if, you're, if you've got to buy four or more admission tickets, you know, it can drive up the cost of a vacation pretty quickly. So the, the key to having an affordable vacation for families is doing the free things, and you would be surprised it's, there's, you know, there are a lot of free things to do everywhere, and they're really great things. And there's a museum in Chicago, the National Museum of Mexican Art. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's the biggest uh, Mexican cultural institution in the United States, and it's free. Wow. You're listening to Travel at Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. We're on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and Facebook. Check out the archive show at your convenience. Cindy, does the site also give specific travel information and tips for moms and dads traveling with kids? Oh, absolutely. We have 3,500 stories on the site. Um, There are destination stories, there are hotel reviews, there's things to do. you know, we have, and, and like I said, we have writers that are at every stage, life stage, family life stage, from um, traveling moms with babies to grandparents who travel with their uh, grandkids. And so they're all writing about these things from their perspective. So you can pretty much always find 
a story um, that's written by a family that travels like yours does. Hmm. So would you say travelingmom.com is geared toward young families, or would you say it encompasses all age family groups? Yeah, we we try to, you know, our, our thing is that families don't come in one size, right? Mm. So so we try to we try to hit all of the different age groups. There are stories about, uh, you know, for Disney, for example, we've got, you know, should you take a baby to Disney? What are the best rides for preschoolers? What are the rides that work for toddlers and grandparents? Um, mm. We've got, you know, uh, what you should buy before you go to Disney to save money because, you, you know, you don't want to get there and find out it rains. And then you're paying, you know, $20 for a, a cheap plastic poncho at Disney that you could have gotten at the dollar store before you came for a dollar. Mm. Um, so there, you know, and I, I mean, I now travel with my adult children. So I write about traveling with my adult children and and a lot of um, multi-family, multi-gen trips um, that people are taking with everybody from the baby to, you know, the 85-year-old grandma. Hmm. We've talked a lot about planes, Cindy, but how about trains as a travel alternative? Aren't they often easier than planes because passengers can walk around and don't have to stay in their seats? Well, that was my family trip this summer, actually. We took a, an Amtrak from Chicago to Glenwood Springs, um, 24 hours on the train each way and a couple of days in Colorado, and then uh, came back. And, yes, I think train travel, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I've met especially a little boy that wasn't taken with trains ever in my life. So um, train travel is terrific for families. You know, they're um, – you can, yeah. There's no rules about staying in your seat. You're not, you're not strapped into a seat. The seats are really quite comfortable. You know, they're pretty big. They lay back. Um, you know, you can curl a kid up in a seat and they can fall asleep. There's big windows to look out of, not the little airplane windows. Um, I think train travel is is terrific, and it's a great way for families to to, you know, see some of the world. And and what's nice is not, there's not somebody who has to drive, right, who can only look at the highway and pay attention to the traffic. Everybody can look out the window and enjoy the same view. Hmm. With three minutes left, we are talking with Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of TravelingMom.com. Now, Cindy, are, tra- are driving trips too difficult for traveling moms if they don't have a traveling dad or another adult as part of the party? Well, I think it's always easier to have a second, uh, you know, a second set of hands to help, whether mm. it's an older kid or, you know, a, a grandparent or a um, significant other of some sort. But, you know, I think moms who know how to do it, they, they do it. I, I mean, everybody goes. I, we have um, one of the members of my editorial team is a real road warrior. She drives from Texas to her home in Texas to see her family in New Hampshire. Um, every summer with four kids and you know the youngest is now four so she's been doing it since um, Everett was a baby and her oldest is now 16 wasn't quite old enough to help with the driving um, this last summer but you know it's old enough to help with the kids so it's getting easier but you know I think again driving is the way that families travel because you have control over your space 
So, you know, when the kids have had too much, you just, the key is really to find places that work for kids. Like when we drove, took driving trips with our kids, we always went into towns and we found the park and Mm. parked there and let the kids get out and run around. I didn't really like them running around to the rest areas on the side of the highway because there wasn't really, it was, it's not a really safe place. I don't think for kids, Um, but the park in town absolutely is. Okay. And I've got to move on because we're running short of time. Our special guest tonight has been Cindy Richards, editor in chief of the terrific website, travelingmom.com. Thank you, Cindy, for being our guest on Travelage Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And we did, too. And that's it for this edition of Travelage Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writer, same announcers. We'll talk to Rachel Welsh about the 1880 Silverton train and other things to do this fall in Durango, Colorado. Also coming up September 23rd, in case you missed it, is a repeat of our May 6th career retrospective show conceived by Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, who also did the interview covering my 52 years as a baseball and travel journalist. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and safe. I'm a traveler.